Welcome to the Artificial Intelligence Podcast with your host, Dr. Tony Huang. I talk anything and everything that has to do with AI, ML, and data science. Data science is hard work, not a magical incantation. So whether an AI model performs as advertised depends on how well it's being trained. And there's really no size that fits all when it comes to training AI models. The necessary evil of distributed AI training is that scaling is one of the trickiest considerations when training AI models. Now, training can be especially challenging when a model grows too resource hungry to be processed in its entirety on any single computing platform. So a model may have grown so large, it exceeds the memory limit of a single processing platform, or an accelerator has required developing special algorithms or infrastructure. So training data sets may grow so large that training takes just a shit long time and it becomes prohibitively expensive. So scaling can be a piece of cake if we don't require the model to be particularly good at its assigned tasks. But as we ramp up the level of inferencing accuracy required, the training process can stretch um, on longer and chew up even more resources. So addressing these issues isn't simply a matter of just throwing more powerful, powerful hardware at the problem. As with many application workloads, one can't rely on faster processors alone to sustain linear scaling as AI models complexly grows. Distributed training may be necessary if the components of a model can be partitioned and distributed on optimized nodes for processing in parallel, the time needed to train a model can be reduced significantly. However, parallelization itself is actually a really difficult pra uh, practice considering how fragile a construct um, a statistical model can be. So the model may fail pretty easily um, if there's minor changes in the graph. So basically, it's it's layers, it's nodes, it's connections, the weights, the hyperparameters, etc., which disrupts the model's ability to make accurate inferences. Even if we leave the underlying graph intact and attempt to partition the model's layers into distributed components, we will then need to recombine their results into a cohesive whole. So if we're not careful, this may result in a recombined model that is skewed in some way in the performance of its designated task. So new industry frameworks are being developed for distributed AI training. Through um, the data science profession, we continue to see innovations in the AI model training with much of it focused on how, you know, how, it, how does it efficiently in the multi-cloud and other distributed environments. So in regards to say Google and Microsoft, which recently released new frameworks for training deep model, uh, deep learning models such as Google's G-Pipe and Microsoft's PipeDream, the frameworks follow similar scaling principles. Although there's diff they're pretty different in several aspects, G-Pipe and PipeDream share a common vision for distributed AI model training. So this vision includes um, like free AI developers from or freeing AI developers from having to determine how to split specific models uh, in with given hardware development. 
There's um, training models of any size, type, and structure on data sets of any scale and format in a matter that's agnostic to the intended inferencing task. There is uh, partitioning models so that paralyzed training doesn't distort the domain knowledge, such uh, as how they're recognized like a face, for instance. that is designed to represent. Um, there's also paralyzed training in a fashion that is agnostic to the topology of the distributed target uh, environments. Another is paralyzing both the model and the data in a complex distributed training pipeline. Uh, what's another one? There's uh, boosting the GPU, which is the graphics processing unit, to compute speeds for various training workloads. Um, there's uh, enabling efficient use of uh, hardware resources in the training process. And then lastly, um, they're reducing the communication costs at scale when training on cloud infrastructure. So, so scaling, uh, scaling training when models and networks become extremely complex is really, really difficult. So what distinguishes these two frameworks is the extent to which they support optimized performance of training workloads for models with sequential layers, which is always more difficult to paralyze, and in more complex target environments, such as like multi-cloud, mesh, and cloud-to-edge scenarios. So Google's uh, G-Pipe is well-suited for fast, parallel training of deep neural networks that incorporate multiple sequential layers. So it automatically does the following three things. Um, it partitions models and moves the partition models to different accelerators, such as GPUs or TPUs. So a TPU is a tensor processing unit, um, which have special hardware that has been optimized for different training workloads. The second is it splits uh, a mini batch of training examples into smaller micro batches that can be processed by the accelerators in parallel. And lastly, it enables internode distributed learning by using synchronous stochastic gradient descent and pipeline parallelism over a distributed machine learning library. Now, Microsoft's PipeDream also exploits model and data parallelisms, but it's more geared to boosting performance of complex AI training workflows in distributed environments. So one of the AI training projects in Microsoft's research is called Project Fiddle, and uh, Pipedream accomplished this automatically because it can um, separate internode computations and communications in a way that leads to an easier parallelism of data and models in distributed AI training. It also partitions AI models into stages that consist of a uh, consecutive set of layers, Next, it maps each stage to a separate GPU that performs the forward and backward pass neural network functions for all the layers in that stage. And then it determines how to partition the model uh, based on a uh, profiling run that is performed on a single GPU. Next, it balances the computational loads among different 
model partitions and nodes, even when a training environment's uh, distributed topology is highly complex. And then lastly, it minimizes the communications among the distributed worker nodes that handle the various partitions. Given that each worker has to communicate only to a single other worker and to communicate only um, subsets of the overall model's gradients and output uh, activations. So the, the need for consensus and scalability is of, of critical importance to AI success, um, more so the training aspect. And uh, more AI professionals are distributing these workflows across multi-cloud meshes and distributed edges. So going forward, Google and Microsoft should align their respective frameworks into an industry consensus approach for distributed AI training. They might want to consider engaging Uber in this regard. The rideshare uh, company already has a greater claim to the uh, first to market distinction in distributed training frameworks. It's open source, um, it open source its, its Horvald uh, project three years ago. And that project, which is hosted by the Linux Foundation's AI Foundation has integrated uh, with leading AI model modeling environments such as like TensorFlow, PyTorch, Keras, and Apache MXNet. So scalability should be a core consideration of any and all such frameworks right now. So Horvid um, has some useful features in that regard, but lacks the keen scaling focus that Google and Microsoft have built into their respective projects. Now, in terms of scalability, Horvid um, can run on single or multiple GPUs and even on uh, multiple distributed hosts without code changes. It is capable of batching small operations, also um, automating distributed tuning and then interleaving um, the communication and computation pipelines. Now the scalability concerns will vary depending on what training scenario you consider. So regardless of which framework uh, becomes dominant, either G-Pipe, Pipetream, Horvid, or something else, it would be good to see industry development and reference workflows for distributed development of, you know, some of these following uh, specialized training scenarios like semi-supervised learning that uses small amounts of labeled data, perhaps crowdsourced from human users in mobile apps to accelerate pattern identification in large unlabeled data sets such as those um, ingested through IoT devices, cameras, microphones, and environmental sensors. You can do uh, reinforced learning that involves building AI modules, which uh, such as like those developed in industrial uh, robots that can learn autonomously with little to no ground truth training data, though possibly with some human guidance. You can do collaborative learning that has been uh, you know, that has distributed AI modules, perhaps like you know developing and swarming drones that uh, collectively explore and exchange and exploit optimal hyperparameters, thereby enabling all modules to converge dynamically on the optimal trade-off of learning speed versus accuracy. You could do um, evolutionary learning that that trains a group of AI-driven entities, perhaps maybe mobile and and AI uh, IoT uh, endpoints through a procedure that learns from an aggregate of self-interested uh, decisions they make, 
based on both on uh, you know an entity knowledge level and on other various degrees of cross um, entity model parameter sharing. You could do uh, uh, transfer learning that reuses any relevant training data, uh, feature representations, uh, neural node. Um, architects, hyperparameters, and other properties of existing models, such as those executed on like peer nodes. Uh, you could do on-device training, which is really cool. That enables like apps to ingest uh, freshly sensed local data and then rapidly update these specific AI models persist that uh, that persist in those devices. Um, and then lastly, which is my favorite, you could do like robot navigation learning that that works with raw sensory inputs that exploits regularities in environmental layouts and requires only a little bit of training data. So the list I just said doesn't even begin to hint at the diversity of distributed AI training workflows that will be prevalent in the future. So to the extent that we have standard reference frameworks in place in the past 2020, uh, in uh, last year, data scientists will have a strong foundation for carrying the AI revolution forward in every direction in 2021. Thanks for listening to the podcast. You can contact me at tonyphoang.com for more information on AI, ML, and data science.